0: halls of yesteryear to the bright lights of today's arenas you're listening to the bingo hall boys i'm one of your co-hosts jake joined by my other co-host mitch how are you doing buddy
1: i'm all right we had uh great weather all the snow was melted got seven hey. of disc golf in in eight days and then we got huh? our spring snowstorm and got <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, about three and a half inches of snow in a day and a half there, which, I mean, it's only one day removed and three quarters of it's already melted. So it's not like it's sticking for long, but there's always that one last kick in the ass that they like to give us when we think yes. we're out of the woods. So it's a long winter this year.
0: So I am a uh, disc golf novice like i know next to nothing i came across something on the tiktoks that the the kids use these days so i had no idea that a putter for disc golf is basically like a heavier rubber frisbee is that right disc Uh, sorry
1: usually it's the plastic that it'll be made of i mean the way it's shaped it's usually like a deeper pocket so it won't fly as far and it's usually Usually the ones that people will putt with are like a cheaper plastic. The, okay. Like the different plastic, the the type of plastic that it's made out of tends to kind of grip to the metal chains better than the, the nicer plastics that you throw that are more durable. They're a little slicker, so they kind of bounce okay. off the chains a little more. And that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of the gist of
0: it. Good to know. Okay, yeah, because whenever they threw it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that doesn't look like a regular disc. So, no, yeah, no, so there you uh, go. You learned something
1: yeah weighted a little different usually you, you still throw them too but yeah the the plastic's right. a little different to stick to the chains a little nicer so
0: who knows one day i might uh make the the trek up there and we can a
1: lot cheaper than than playing with the club and some balls so
0: i do think it'd be funny the idea of a disc golf driving range she's <laughs> fucking shuck it and you've got people in golf carts going around picking up discs i don't know is that a thing
1: it's not a not a thing, but Should we
0: start taking investments on that? that?
1: That seems like the play. There's a local guy who started like kind of an indoor putting slash like approach game league indoors at our golf dome here over winter, and every Saturday they'd bring like ten or twelve baskets out, and people would putt and chuck discs off the top at them like a golf dome style, and it was it was a good time. So I
0: don't there's, know. I'm kind of like... itchy to do something like that because I saw there's a place <laughs> down in Texas that's basically doing like top golf but for baseball and you basically Mm. just drink and like try to hit dingers i'm like (laughs) that sounds pretty Mm -hmm. rad anyway um let's see what else you've been up to
1: you know that's that's about it i am back in the job market so enjoying my week of unemployment and getting the renovations around the house done before i start looking a little more aggressively but that's kind of all that's going on over here. How are things in baby? Nice.
0: Good man. We were supposed to record last night, but little dude was just <laughs> super fussy. So, um, it's good trying to figure out the daycare situation because um, we we don't have that for free here in the states. Mm-hmm. It's yet another thing that we're like the worst at. <laughs> so, I, so for a five day daycare, like per week. It's a thousand dollars a month. And so it's just like trying to figure out the logistics of that is not very fun. But uh we've got probably another month and a half to figure that out. So it's all good. It's just stressful. But yeah, man, it, it's good. He uh we, we got to watch some Ring of Honor, watch some dynamite. He's uh he's definitely into it. New Japan, he he had a time during. it kind of took us a couple times to get through the the u.s shows but we got there but yeah everything's going good man it's just uh chugging along um speaking of we blinked and it's the end of april Mm -hmm. um we ultimately didn't do any awards on this podcast last year just because it, it felt clunky right like it just didn't The Observers got their thing, and that feels like a really good catch-all for the entire industry. Uh, We were allowed to vote in the Voices of Wrestling. uh, What was that, Match Mm -hmm. of the Year ballot thing, which I thought that's really cool. I want to do something different for this year where we kind of keep track of things. And for What's the best way to explain this? Mitch, you'd be much better at explaining the format than me.
1: So, essentially, the idea is similar to like first, second, and third string all-star teams in basketball or first or second, like, all-Americans in, in kind of any college sport or all Canadians for us Northerners here. Uh, the idea is to kind of pick our all-star, like, MVPs in mm. kind of first, second, and third string. Um, basically, f- five wrestlers per... Per category, you got to have one woman and one tag team in each. uh...
0: I felt like that would be a good way to make sure that not that like inclusivity is a huge thing, but it's just like, you know, we we do highlight women's wrestling and this has been a, a pretty good year for it.
1: I mean, any, any other sport, and you'd have requirements on positions. You'd have to have, like, a point guard, yeah, that's, a shooting guard, and a center. and That's
0: what I was thinking of.
1: Keeping the tags involved. Trials would be a little bit overkill, because there's only really one company that, that invests right. in them seriously. But tag teams are a pretty universal thing. So it seems... And also, it
0: reasonable. made the selection process a lot harder. Because mm-hmm. we couldn't just have, like, you know, the top five dudes three times. Um... So what what were you what was your grading scale for this because I I put match quality first and then I like the idea of like popularity like ability to draw like how valuable they are to their promotion and the industry as a whole but like for me really it was just like in ring biggest stage type stuff you know so it's like I wanted to go with people who had who have had like really good years in ring where it's just like every single one of these people has like, they are at the very top of the field. What did you, uh, what did you go with?
1: Yeah. I I considered both of those factors pretty highly Um, The the valuable to their promotion, part of what I was kind of considering there too, is when it comes to like big moments and promotions, who's, Who's getting the spot in those things and can they hold up in that regard, like building towards bigger events. Uh, but for the most part, I use kind of the same the same criteria.
0: Because the reason I ask, I saw your list. You've seen my list. Mm-hmm. I have a real issue with the with someone you put in your first team and I'm interested to see how you got there. So do you want to start at the top and work our way down or do you want to start with like honorable mentions and work our way up? Uh, you know, let's start
1: at the top. Let's let's work our way down.
0: Okay. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to?
1: Uh, I'll go first because I'm curious. I mean, two of our spoiler alert, we have two of the same people on our first. So it does narrow down who the alarm bells were ringing for. But I'm not sure which one got the suspense. So I'll, I'll go first because I'm dying to know. <laughs> so I don't think this is going to break any ground, but... I definitely went with uh, Kenny Omega and Jamie Hayter. I don't think those two are causing any surprises anywhere. Um, Omega between the trios and the match with Osprey and just a general match quality in general. Hayter has been having class act after class act and is the absolute MVP for the women's division in AEW. And then I added a second single male in El Gio Del Vikingo, And as... My number one tag team. I went with the acclaimed. So,
0: I'm interested in the acclaimed being as high as they are. Um. Whenever I was doing this exercise, I was just like, "Well, I've got to mention FTR somewhere in here." And then I looked at their year, and I was like, "No, I don't. They've had two matches. It's really done a thing. <laughs> yeah, they, they've lost." Tag team titles and then won a different set of tag team titles. Like the no, they, they don't make the cut. Um the acclaim is really interesting though because like from an in-ring standpoint, it's like they're they're they started off as fine, then they're like serviceable. Now they're they're good. Yeah. But by no means would I have them as like the tag team of the year. Uh so I'm interested to see like how how you landed on the acclaimed being tag team of the year so far.
1: So, I think the fact that we are only in April played into this big time, and the the valuable to the promotion and popularity factors were what, what did it for me there. Um, the acclaimed seem to have captured kind of this lightning in a bottle, Road Warriors, New Age Outlaws kind of pop, and they've managed to keep that going even after losing the titles, being in... I don't think anybody was clamoring for a story between them and the Jericho Appreciation Society, but no. they're still managing to get get a reaction with it. So it was the in-ring again, they're, they're good. They're not great. But okay. when I look at, when I go through the second and third strings, the in-ring was kind of battling a couple other things mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe they're relevance in terms of their promotions and the card for most of the first part of the year was a little less significant. So that was that was what won the acclaimed out for me.
0: So it's really interesting to me because our first two are identical. Um I feel like Kenny Omega is easily wrestler of the year. And I think Jamie Hayter is you know that for the female side. Um you look at just what Omega's done to start the year off. And I'm like, um, if he stays healthy, he's wrestler of the year, right? Like if he, if every single month he keeps doing like amazing things, like we started off the year with him and Osprey. And then we had all those trios matches. Like, uh, the dude is absolutely killing it. The Vikingo match, like every time Kenny Omega gets in the ring, it is awesome. Uh, he had that strong style match with Jeff Cobb. That was an absolute blast. And then Jamie Hayter is like, I don't know who else, who else could it be? Like, it, it feels like it's Jamie Hayter and then everyone else. Um, It's interesting. You went with Vikingo. I went with Brian Danielson because like looking at the first, you know, we were going to do like first third of the year, but basically it's the first fourth or no, first third now, not first fourth. Yeah. yeah. You get know what I'm saying. Um Dynamite was basically the Danielson show where he had like all these awesome singles matches and he had arguably match of the year with MJF. Um he's fallen off a little bit since, but now he's right back cutting awesome promos. Like uh we'll we'll talk about it later whenever we talk about Dynamite, but it's like Danielson's crushing it right now. And he isn't easily in my first team and I get Vikingo just from, I'm guessing that's just in ring and just sheer amount,
1: sheer amount of in ring quality combined with the significance of having like your own super protected deal where you weren't allowed to be shown in America. Then you were so good yeah. that enough companies like put enough demand in they had to find another way to work it. And that, that kind of relevance to AAA was the other big factor combined with an absolutely insane in ring.
0: Continue to talk me into that because I have him in my honorable mentions. Because um I'm not I'm not the biggest Vikingo fan. I think a lot of his stuff it takes time to set up and it kind of like I love spa fests. Like that I'm a PWG guy. Like uh, I, I get it. I'm into it. I love Dragon Gate. Like I uh, spa fests are red but whenever a lot of it takes so much time to set up, I, I we've talked about it before. I it's like, or Osprey to me where it's just like, yeah, I think he's fun as shit, but like, as he progresses in his career, he's going to be a little bit more grounded and he's going to be like, the ceiling is so high for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I have a hard time immediately putting him right there because I think if I put him up that high, I think he would fall for me the rest of the year. Um, that said, what's your feeling on his situation right now? Because Conan is like, basically like this is the dude like triple A, uh, is Vikingo, and Vikingo's over here working ROH, AEW like, I it, it's it seems like Conan wanted to cut ties with AEW, but Vikingo is like no, that's where I want to be. So like whoa. What's your read on that situation?
1: My read is Conan's making a play for a two-contract Cutler thing. Not a two, but like a <laughs> like a shared custody kind of thing, not dissimilar sure. to Takeshita, where you know Takeshita can travel back and go compete in Japan uh-huh. and will do frequently. I think Conan's trying to angle for that, knowing that as soon as Vikingo can financially sign, he will sign a very big money deal that will not be in AAA. So yeah. I think Conan's trying to... Rile up some good, uh, good rapport to keep that bridge alive because without him, AAA really is nothing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to poke fun too much at AAA, but it's just like looking at their shows. I'm like, dude, it is a little rough. Um, and then the tag team that I went, I Aussie Open to me is like slam dunk tag team of the year just from like match quality standpoint uh if you want to go kayfabe they hold two sets of tag team titles like um if they stay healthy and they run for the rest of the year i don't think anyone can catch them um their new japan stuff is awesome their their roh stuff was really fun i think that um that match they had with Sidal and daniels like by no means was it a five-star match but i was like Okay, it it felt like these guys are really good in Ring of Honor and they belong here. Um, Again, I think they're in the same boat. Whenever them and Osprey run up, they're signing. It's just this weird Mm -hmm. split custody thing, like you said earlier. Um, I think they're the runaway favorites. So I'm interested to see. By no means do we have to agree on them but if you had to pick between starting, you have to say that this tag team is tag team of the year. You still go acclaimed over Aussie open at the end of the year or no, like right now, like if we have to give the award out to tag team of the year, like for some reason, like we just mm. hard cut the, the 21st of April tag team of the year is, Cause I'm interested to hear the acclaimed argument because I think it's Aussie open by a mile.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's when I think about it in that context, it feels more like Aussie open. Okay. But there's a little bit of like a PWI type idea in the way I sure. was thinking about this. And Oh,
0: Aussie that open makes a ton of some... sense looking at your rate. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay okay that makes so much more sense because as i was looking at this because i put mine up first yeah and then as i was reading yours i was like this feels very kayfabe heavy
1: a little bit yeah definitely you're you're bang on that and that part of me was that like valuable to the promotion industry concept to me there is a bit of kayfabe magic in that because that does suggest something about your value to your promotion if they're putting you in those high those winning spots so it wasn't everybody but yeah the acclaimed are definitely one where that kind of shone through
0: so like i said we agree on omega and hater they're obviously like number one for their divisions right oh yeah was there any moment where you were thinking about someone else no
1: i didn't even pause (laughs) right just no
0: I I think Danielson was the one for me where I was like kind of if if his if his match output was a little bit stronger yeah but I mean he did have like one of the greatest matches I've ever seen with MJF so like that's kind of a dick thing for me to say but I'm like uh
1: no it was just tough because after that match then he disappeared like rightfully disappears for a few weeks but we're only looking at three and a half months compared to a year and you're gone for three weeks of it. And then well, come back just for a couple of promos. It's tough to to consider it as much.
0: Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm looking at this mm-hmm. as like the first third of the year. Yeah. Like I, I, if we had to stop now and just say like the story of 2023, Danielson's a huge part of it. I, I think MJF gets more shine because he mm-hmm. won the championship and k yeah. and all that stuff. But Danielson's so important. Yeah. Um, I can't really give you too much flack for Aussie Open because you have them in your second team. I
1: sure do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So spoiler alert: that's the start of my second uh, second team Aussie Open, and I actually had them in first, and then I edited it after when I couldn't really shake. The-
0: did you have Did you have FTR on your list earlier, or am I having like like a real dad moment where I was like? I'm super tired. And I don't them. I don't
1: think I ever had them online because okay. they were just absent for so much of the first part of this year. Um, yeah. Aussie open was my, my second team. Um, I've got Mercedes on the women's side, mm-hmm. not very many matches, but the, uh, the popularity has been pretty significant. Um,
0: yeah. Let's, let's stop on her for a second because I also had her as my, woman on the second team she's the only other on only other one i could think of as far as from like like we said we wanted to mention in like how important someone mm-hmm. is to their company and it's like i think i think 2023 is going to be kind of year of the joshi for a lot of people yeah um because i noticed the wave was really coming last year but it feels like a ton of people are dialed in this year and i assume that has a lot to do with her um but yeah i i had her in my second team it's interesting that she her contract with new japan's done and she's in renegotiations right now to continue uh i'm do you think that she's just gonna be doing this every few months wouldn't
1: surprise me i mean she she walked out of the other place twice so there may be something to not being tied down long term and kind of Taking it a little bit by bit and
0: i'm shocked she hasn't come back to the states yet as far as like an american promotion like i assumed she would be back in wwe by now whenever they make her a huge offer but or aew for that matter i mean she's in the blood and guts match, right like <laughs> you would think um anything else you want to say about monet before we move on no not really okay um
1: Then I've got uh, MJF. I think for the most part, that one's pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to delve too much in it. And MJF's best friend, the American roller coaster Cody Rhodes. Um, If he had actually won, he'd be a pretty easy first string. But when they kind of botch that and then throw Brock Lesnar, it's like, all right, so you lost some of your luster now. But it's hard to deny the role he played from winning the Rumble to getting to their big show. And, Actually, getting people interested in a three year old storyline that, for the most part, has been pretty stale. So,
0: I struggled with Cody because, like you said, if he wins that match, I think I have him first team over Danielson, mm-hmm. which feels wild because I've only fucking seen one Cody match this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, uh, but whenever you talk about how important someone is to their company, like, the big reason, well, okay, I shouldn't even say that. The big reason WrestleMania sold out is because everyone thought they were getting The Rock, and then they sold, you know, more tickets whenever the main event was Cody Reigns, right? <laughs> like it wasn't sold out before the Rumble, was it?
1: I don't think so, no. But
0: so they were building to that match for months, and yeah, I think it would be pretty hard for me to keep him out of the top discussion, but since he lost. I I have him third team. Um, I had a hard time getting there because, like I said, most of mine goes from like a match based standpoint. Um, let's talk MJF. Ooh, does it feel weird that he's not first team for us? No, because it's it's tempting.
1: It is tempting, but. doesn't wrestle that often
0: yeah but the thing that i was thinking about with him is his promos like i want to be talked into mjf being on my first team over danielson because of how important his promos are because to be fair he sold the main event of a Mm -hmm. pay-per-view solely by promos for like his half in the build that's that's hard to do. As we see now. We'll talk about it when we get to dynamite, but it's just like yeah. Promos are his strong suit and I I think I want to change it so MJF is on my first team. <laughs> is that wild?
1: I mean, I didn't have Danielson on mine, so he's in my honorable mentions. So, I don't okay. think I'm going to give you too much pushback on that. So, I'm
0: I'm really valuing Mesh Mm -hmm. quality here okay fuck it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna put mjf uh i'm gonna i'm gonna save that i'm gonna put mjf into my uh my first team right after omega and move danielson down now again this is not important for anyone but me (laughs) i almost said daniel bryan
1: i can see you typing yeah
0: (laughs) old habits um, so yeah, what, what about MJF made it, uh, him an easy second team edition for you? And will you also talk yourself into him being over Vikingo? I don't
1: think I'm talking myself into him being over Vikingo, but I mean, you've got one of the youngest guy, like youngest mainstay world champions, one of the quickest risers in the entire company who elevated himself to that status in a hurry. And then mm-hmm. the beginning of the year that he's had has been pretty damn stellar. So
0: can I talk you into him being in first team? Because I think what cinches it for me is how God awful the main event build for double or nothing is once you take out MJF, oh god, right? I think he gets a ton of credit. For, for I mean, it it being somewhat interesting, we'll you know? get to
1: that when we get to the beginning. Yeah, of the road, right?
0: <laughs> but like, but seriously, like, imagine, imagine if this was Danielson and he had to, you know, do this. You know, like it, it it's totally different. I, I think I would rather build my company around what twice a quarter have MJF wrestle and then cut a promo every single week. And the crowd either pops huge form or has new, cl- like nuclear booze rather than vi- like nervous on pins and needles. Every time Vikingo starts to like run the ropes or jump <laughs> from the inside to the outside, you know, like I, I think MJF's pretty clearly on the first team.
1: I mean, vikingo is still like that triple a aew relationship was dead on arrival after dragon lee pinned ftr like there was no fucking coming back from that and it's all because vikingo exists
0: and omega omega was a big part of that too conan what i mean Simpson, like Kenny omega
1: omega could just fuck off and go over there and tony would okay. be like fine and nothing would change you're not getting like five triple a matches on aew ring of honor that way though
0: last ditch effort for me to try to <laughs> convince you. Again, this is ultimately meaningless. It's just really <laughs> fun to talk about. Is there more variation and are you more impressed by MJF's promo skills than Vikingo's in-ring? Because MJF's in-ring has gotten really really good.
1: It it has, absolutely.
0: And for as a talker, the variation in his matches like i'm sorry but if you see one vikingo match you've kind of seen all of them you have seen a lot um, of them
1: the one thing that showed me that there could be some difference with his was his match with mike bailey on wrestlemania weekend that yeah. one felt really different than a lot of vikingo matches and gave <laughs> well, it me felt that, like, like
0: because they were gassed <laughs> like
1: but, i mean like it, it felt like kind of osprey's evolution where I it was like, okay i see the the potential long term for you to to adjust as it goes on so
0: so I can't talk you into it.
1: I don't think I'm budgeting on okay. that one right now. Oh,
0: that's fine. Who's on the rest um, of your
1: second team? Because we know we've got Brian Danielson now and we're seeing Yep,
0: Danielson got bumped down to second team. Um, I started off with John Moxley. Um, I thought the hangman match was insane. And what a breath of fresh air, heel Moxley is. He's le he's basically leading a heel faction. I guess you could say Danielson, but he's more of like the the microphone guy. Yeah, yeah. letting his body heal right now. Meanwhile, Moxley's going out there, like <laughs> sticking forks in people. Um, AEW is a very different place without Moxley, yeah. and I think he is so valuable. People kind of overlook that, and I think Moxley is at the point now. He he rides this wave of being like. Overrated to like super underrated and kind <laughs> of just goes back and forth in any given week. Um, so yeah, talk to me the next time we do this. He might he might fall, he might rise. I don't know. But Moxley, I started with Moxley. Uh I just switched out MJF with Danielson. We talked about him. Mm-hmm. Mercedes. I think that's pretty yeah. pretty easy. Um I struggled with tag teams after Aussie open. Uh, Part of me wanted to go with Bushimon because, I I mean, I think Goto and Yoshihashi have been a really awesome tag team, but I couldn't just get there because (laughs) a lot of their matches weren't really like, like they were good. Mm -hmm. They were really, really good. Mm -hmm. I ended up going Lucha Bros based on Kayfabe, their ROH tag team champions. Um, the fact that the entire tag team division and ring of honors built around them now, I mean, who knows Phoenix is going to yeah. be out for a minute. Um, it felt pretty easy to say them because the tag divisions based around them and they had those trios matches where they, they did a lot, a lot in those trios matches was based around the lucha bros. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I would even say Lucha Bros over The Acclaimed, which is hard for me to say cuz I do love The Acclaimed. Um but just from in mostly again in ring, I think I go Lucha Brothers. I think they're they're going to be my most my second most important tag team of the year. Um and depending on what they do in ROH, I I think eventually they could give Aussie Open a run for their money. But like dude, if Aussie Open keeps going at like a prolific pace like th- I think they're going to be more undeniable than FTR was last year. Um, you want to get into third team?
1: Yeah. So let's start with my tag team. Um, I threw the young bucks in here. In ring is a big part of that. Of course, after the trio thing is, I mean, Matt's a it's harder up. right now. It's yeah. harder, but tag team wrestling overall because it's, of,
0: it's pretty dire, right?
1: Yeah. It's. I don't know how we got here compared to a couple of years ago, but the depth is not showing up. Um, so this, I actually, like that was a big part of the acclaim too, is like, it's great. Like, I think at the end of the year, Aussie opens, going to be it. my runaway number one, but there's, there's not a ton of depth right now. Um, okay. So yeah, I went with young bucks on my third team. Uh, this is where I put Moxley. I think, uh, you know, you could make a pretty good argument that I could put mocks above Cody. Um, there's just so little going on in WWE that I felt like Cody's importance there became higher. So that that was kind of the the tipping point. Um I've got Rhea Ripley. Um Judgment Day was this corny little shitty edge faction. And you can say it's Prince Devitt's now, but it's Rhea's and she has managed to turn Dominic big weenie Mysterio into somebody people enjoy watching. And is that, that part of
0: his gimmick is that he's got a big dick.
1: I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. I was going to say like, dude, no, I'm just making that Vince is back, baby. Oh, definitely. But like, she's made him bearable for it. even that audience couldn't stand him. And she's made it like enjoyable. And then having the match with Charlotte, you know, she's solid in ring. So she felt like an that easy
0: match. one.
1: And then, uh, then I've got Julia from Stardom. Yay. yeah, Big Stardom champion. Easily the MVP there. Her in-ring is... I mean, her and Jamie Hayter are 1A and 1B in terms of in-ring quality for me right now. I don't know that you know, Mayu Iwatani's kind of in a bit of a slump at the moment. Just feels like she's waiting for something new to do and Siri lost the title so she's got to back off for a bit in her chase. And But yeah, Julia was my last one there.
0: I need to watch more Julia. It, it's just I'm not I'm not big on Joshi. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if you find me some dark links and send them to me, I'll I'll check them out. Um, I ended up going with this is where I put Cody. Um, the reason I put Moxley over Cody is because. Aew without Moxley is like really affected and noticeable. Mm-hmm. You take Cody out of WWE, that machine is just going to keep keep yeah, going. Yeah. So like that, that's whenever third team is kind of where I I, I put a lot of WWE people. Um, uh, I put Rhea or Rhea is it Rhea or Rhea? Doesn't matter Rhea I think, but Rhea. Um, she made my third team based off of that one match with Charlotte alone. She's like dropping her on her face. Um, Kayfabe wise. What was it? She came in number one or number two at the rumble and went the distance as a heel, which is like, Mm -hmm. uh, all right, you lost the plot, Paul. Um, But yeah, I mean, for all the reasons you laid out, she's entertaining. um, And I definitely don't mind. Anytime I watch clips of uh, hers, I'm just like, damn, she's super impressive. Uh, She's kind of being wasted. And then this is where I went with, uh, I did Will Ospreay. It feels like he should be higher on my list, but it's just, he he got hurt. Yeah. And so a lot of his, but he, he was in like match of the year Mm -hmm. with Omega, um, between that and the Ironman match. I keep going back and forth, but, um, he had some really good stuff in rev pro, uh, I, I couldn't not have him on here. And then I also went with Young Bucks here. Uh, mostly for the trio stuff. Like you said, like that, that stuff's undeniable. And maybe if they had a set of tag team titles, I could put them above the Lucha bros, but that, that just kind of felt right to me. Um, Any problems with my third team?
1: No, I Despite felt bad. the
0: similarities.
1: <laughs> I felt bad leaving Osprey off of mine, just the injuries and I don't get to see a lot of Rev pro in that. So um. I haven't seen enough of him to as much as I know the is always there. It just if I'm factoring in only early twenty twenty three, that just he hasn't been around <laughs> enough yet. I think by the end of the year, if he's healthy, he'll be back up on that first or second team. So
0: Who'd you do for honorable mentions?
1: Um, I mean, I didn't go as in-depth as I could have. I put Brian Danielson and Claudio. Um, again, Danielson just because he's been hurt. So, or not hurt, but like disappeared for a bit. So I didn't get him on the actual list.
0: Well, that and was I mean, only for like a few weeks though. Yeah, I know. It's just, You make it sound like he was gone for like two year. months.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I had Danielson and Claudio. And then I had Sammy and Kevin Owens. I mean, they had their big moment. If it was 2022 as well, Sammy would be be hired just because he actually made that story something people got invested in. And without yeah. him, that story is literally the same old shit and nothing had changed. He was the only life in it for like the better part of a year.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, let's save the audio on that one because uh, it's only going to get more right as the mm-hmm. year goes on.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a million people I could have thrown on the, the honorable mentions list to like Osprey and <laughs> like Lucha brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, if I start doing that, we're going to be here for hours. So like, well, let me knock
0: mine out real quick. Yeah. Then My first one was Sammy Zane. Uh, I had a hard time picking between him and Cody because I feel like what Sammy did with the, what was the, the show that he sold out in Montreal?
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know. But that one.
0: No Way Out. (laughs) What's the February show now? I don't know. Roadblock. No Mercy.
1: You can keep saying things. I legitimately don't know what it was and Uh, I watched the damn
0: thing. (laughs) (laughs) It has a name. Uh, Oh, is it
1: Elimination Chamber? I feel like they did that before WrestleMania.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, yeah, he got everyone super excited for that show Mm -hmm. and... It, you know Hindsight's twenty twenty, but like dude He should have won that title on that night And you want to talk about making a star Like I'm sure the Saudis wouldn't be too happy With you but fuck him You sold to Endeavor Um, yeah, I really wanted to mention Sammy but then again like We're not really WWE fans and we You know like the output just isn't there So we're really talking just from a kayfabe Perspective I and mean, That part's not just that's not fun. I'd rather like gush about how awesome, you know, like the in-ring is or like the business practices are than, like, oh, duh. this week Roman said that Sammy is oos enough. It's like, yeah, all right, cool. Um, next up for honorable mentions, I went with Hangman. I mean, like, my boy came out to writers in the sky and it just he felt like an undeniable star and then you know out death matched mox uh i i get, i think that's up there for me too as far as match of the year i've got like three mm-hmm. where i'm just like on any given day it could be one of the three um he's super important but again output's just not there uh as we speak he's missing again mm-hmm. he's probably not going to be showing up for like another month probably so who knows um this is where i put vikingo because really all i could go on was in ring and i don't know how much business AAA actually moves um and like i said i want to i want to put him off relatively low that way he can climb throughout the year uh because if he keep if he's at the pace where he's at now and he kind of slows down on the high spots mm. and does a lot more. I don't want to say mature style wrestling, but like <laughs> if he kind of like calms down a little bit um, and sells his stuff, I think that would be really cool. He He's just built for multi-person matches where it's just like someone else does a heavy spot and then you just <laughs> see him flying into frame. Like that's, that's Vikingo at his best. Um, I felt like I also had to mention orange Cassidy. Just because his international title run is yeah. a high spot of AEW for me, because you know, even if he goes out there and has, you know, like a, a three star match, like he's defending that title every single week, and I love whenever wrestlers do open challenges, and he's crushing it. He's no pun intended. Was it his next defense is like his twentieth defense or something like something that?
1: Something insane. It's a big yeah. Number. Like
0: he's been killing it. Um willow nightingale was another woman that i wanted to mention on here just because it's like for someone who's relatively unknown her entrance pops the crowd everyone's Mm -hmm. into it even like watching roh this week uh the crowd is dead Mm -hmm. they are ready to go home and one of the renegade twins comes out or renegade sisters they're not really twins one of the renegades comes out and the crowd's kind of like okay and then willow comes out and you see people like oh hey we're (laughs) clapping and Rick Bonney's rapping like, yeah, it's, it's infectious. And I think she's going to be a women's world champion at some point this year. It would be a mistake not to. And then my final mention is catch two, two. Um, for those who don't know, it's TJ, TJ Perkins, TJP and, uh, Akira. was it Francesco or friend. Yeah. Francesco Akira. They're really good they're really good and uh, super juniors is coming up and i cannot wait to see these dudes in singles action um i don't know i mean, i can't be alone like you've got to love the 2 oh, two oh,
1: they're man. fantastic
0: dude i whenever i saw francesco akira for the first time i was just like i don't know about this guy but then you look at him and it's like, oh, he's obviously an Osprey disciple and he fits in really well with TJP. Like, yeah, it, it just works. I love these guys. Uh, so, yeah, we went uh, over one whole segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I like this. I think I think we should do more shit like this. It's a lot more fun than
1: oh, talking about
0: dynamite.
1: Well, let's breeze through dynamite then. I don't think we need to go over every single little thing that happened. What'd you like? What sucked ass?
0: uh i want to get your thoughts on this um I listened to two of his shows in the last couple of days uh i don't know how familiar you are with um joe lands on voices of wrestling he's like one of the he, the hosts yeah there. he's yeah, like no, the, I know main he's guy. the guy yeah. um he had an idea he's like and it doesn't sound all that insane to me. Mitch, would you be surprised if someone else has been booking AEW for the last month? Because it doesn't feel like the, like, typical AEW. We're getting a lot of, like, WWE-esque segments. Yeah, I don't... Even match structure is very, like, WWE-esque. Like, if someone were to tell you that, like, Pat Buck and Jeff Jarrett have been booking the show for the last month. Would you be shocked?
1: I mean, like, I still... Yes and no. I'd be shocked if, like, you were telling me somebody was actually making the final say that wasn't TK, but I would not be shocked to learn that two or three of these guys have been actually making 90% of the decisions and just getting greenlit on them.
0: I think Tony kind of signs off on everything. Yeah. But, but no, I, think I think there's a right a room. lot of
1: evidence okay. that there are quite a few of those voices in his ear for for AEW right now.
0: I'm I'm struggling, and it kind of made me feel like not insane whenever I heard him talk about this because I was like, you know, it. I was always fine with like one or two WWE isms. Because I was like, well, JAS—they're sports entertainers. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that they do something WWE-esque. Uh, the Outlaws—they're all ex WWE mm-hmm. people, and so whenever they do run-ins or like beat downs, yeah. and that—that that makes sense because they're doing an ex WWE thing. But then you've got like Wardlow fucking up Hobbs's car. I'm just like, I don't. Or QTV—I know you're a fan of it. I I I'm glad it's dead. Please let it be dead.
1: Please. I, I think it will be. It it didn't need a long shelf life.
0: Um I I just I I've liked the shows, but dude, like starting off with half an hour of three people cutting promos who have no business cutting promos. Ah,
1: What's well, a rough segment.
0: And then MJF comes in and like saves the day like dude,
1: I Well, and that's WWE playbook number one is starting with a promo to announce the main event, which is exactly what they did. Kill
0: the crowd.
1: Like that has been the playbook for years and years to start off raw by having a segment to lead to your main event.
0: Big picture question. Tell me if this sounds crazy. I think they are booking like this on purpose. Because we've talked about before, Tony Khan will try to do random things Mm and random segments and try to do things different just to see what works and what doesn't. I think AEW is getting a lot of attention from people with NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, like Rampage popped, uh, like everyone was shocked, Mm -hmm. but they had the NBA as a lead in. Is it wild that instead of people tuning in for the playoffs and being like, Whoa, Jericho's fat to being like, Oh, this AEW thing. It's, it's basically WWE. I'll give it a shot. Are are they, would it shock you if they're doing this just for this pay-per-view cycle to kind of do a WWE esque few months just to show people like, Hey, it's not that bad or get the mouth breathers to be like, Oh, I guess they do tell stories. Like, I, I, think, I think they're going for the common fan here and not being the alternative for diehards like us.
1: I, I think there's something to that. And I think it may be a longer-term thing, too. I feel like Ring of Honor may evolve into the pet project where he can literally do whatever he wants and make it the yeah. true diehard show. And I think this one is becoming a little more about that's a bummer. Bacon. I just there were a couple things that happened on Ring of Honor this week where I mean my match of the week came from Ring of Honor in front Mine of too. a third of the crowd and I got this vibe like I mean even just the way the matches were structured they were a lot freer. Tony's talked about not having to deal with TV constraints and be finding Ring of Honor very refreshing in that regard. I think there's something to this theory. I think they're trying to find the balance between the two where they can still keep the diehards but like bridge the the gap and uh what's the phrase bold move cotton let's see how it plays out i don't i i've I've never actually i've only seen that movie once but i don't even i actually
0: rewatched it not that long ago i had a i had an afternoon uh on paternity where i was (laughs) like i still had to like clean up work emails Mm -hmm. the day before i went back and uh it was streaming somewhere and i put it on you couldn't make that movie today there's some like super like oh homophobic stuff in it
1: i was watching 10 things i hate about you last night and that oh yeah lying, oh, and i was just yeah. like oh man we can't say that line anymore um i'm not gonna say it on air but if we have time at the end i'll i'll go i was just like yeah that's uh can't do that in 2023
0: <laughs> wait until we jump in our third segment and then yep. uh, <laughs> right when um, our Mitch comes out to play
1: so uh, those are kind of the downers what were the uppers from Dynamite so it wasn't all bad
0: well before we get there I've got another big picture question for you okay would you pivot the world title match right now
1: pivot it to what
0: fucking anything else <laughs> Because we're still going to get the four pillars and we're complaining about WWE shtick now, but like whenever I I mean next week, Sammy's going to cheat and win in the match against Darby. And then Tony Khan's going to come out and be like, no, no, no. Or Tony Schiavone. And it's going to be like, it's going to be a four way at the pay-per-view. And we just wasted two weeks of segments with these guys. That's when I'm going to be really annoyed, but we've got a month to go. And if we're going to pivot, we pivot now. Do you feel strongly enough that you would need to pivot away from the four pillars? Because at this point, like I said, in our discord, like I'm referring to Darby, Sammy and JB as former pillars, not the four pillars. Cause like, dude, they're, they can't hang. They are not main eventers.
1: Does it need to actually be the main event this time?
0: I mean... Would you do the the Anarchy in the Arena with Combat Club and the Elite?
1: That's kind of what I was thinking. Because that's the match that's selling the pay-per-view, really. Like, that's yeah. the feud that's selling this thing. So I think you can stick with the four pillars and do the the pivot into the four way because it is still a cool idea to have those four meet in a, a big match and give those ones their shot, but I don't think it needs to main event. No, granted, I think they did say it was main eventing, but
0: I, the majority of the time, like it's only been like what once or twice. Yeah. Well, and
1: I think they came right out and said it too, because that oh, was part of his great. pitch for, for Sammy, but
0: I think that match itself will be good, but the build is God awful. It's so bad. If I have, Again, this is the thing that I hate so much, and I don't know if I should just put all the blame on like Pat Buck and Jeff Jarrett, but I'm just like if you want to get these guys over with your fans, have them go out and wrestle and be impressive. That's it. I mean, like the main
1: event match was good.
0: Uh, I mean, forward, it was decent. It's fine, but it was shtick heavy. Like the finish was like uh, anyway. It was a WWE finish to the end of a WWE show. Um, But like instead of 30 minutes in promos to start the show, how much cooler would it have been if like they did like a 30 minute, like beat the clock challenge or some shit. And it's just like, you have like three really fast high paced matches to start the show featuring the three challengers, something, anything. but we're going to get a tag match featuring all four of these people and the whole plot is going to be can they coexist like what i mean yeah they can do wwe better than wwe can but like mitch if they keep going like this we're going back to like new japan and the indies my <laughs> dude like it's
1: ring of honor's been great
0: ring of honor's been really good we'll get to that <laughs> whenever we do review of honor but yeah like i i was really down on the show I the only positive I had the combat club elite stuff was really good. Um Takeshta getting involved is really cool. Um I'm still curious where we're going with this because I don't know if they're gonna gonna bring in a or not. And now that I think about it, Mitch, doesn't it make so much more sense for Kota Abushi to join the Blackpool Combat Club? <laughs> like really that kind of I mean, makes
1: it it does outside of the obvious golden lovers reunion it absolutely does but i mean oh. she's it's always hard to tell with Ibushi when he's being weird and just goofy and when he's being serious because like he's talked about the matches he wants to have and like hangman's high on his list and he's like oh maybe we'll redo the golden elite or something like that like he has a lot of, like, he's, but it's also a and he says a lot of shit, and you never know to take any of it seriously.
0: Yeah, but if he, like, temporary joins the Blackpool Combat Club, like, him as, like, the kickboxing Ibushi would be badass. Oh, and absolutely. Then and after, then after you do Blood and Guts, you know, he tearfully apologizes mm-hmm. and hugs the elite, and, like, the the streamers fall, and Kota Ibushi's one of the good guys again, like, I don't know. Do we, you still think we're getting Takeshta in the combat club? It feels too easy, right?
1: It does feel too easy. I mean the only thing I'm sure of is that callus is turning on Kenny but at this point I've lost the plot into which way he's turning on him and with I who. still think
0: it would make the most sense for him to be the manager of United Empire. Right. Could you imagine like <laughs> Prick, Will Osprey and Don mm-hmm. callus That's mega heat, dude um the only other thing i really liked in the show was jay white uh his match with commander was really really good and my whole thing with jay white was like hey like mitch i know you're high on him i know you're a jay white guy but i'm mm-hmm. like all right how's he gonna be in aew because if he does the whole headlock talking mm-hmm. to the crowd thing for half an hour in a pay-per-view i'm going to die well- He it's good
1: From the very moment the match started, it was different than his New Japan matches. Because every New Japan J-White match starts exactly the same, and he ducks to the outside. Every single fucking time. But he's not the only one in new japan that does repetitive right. shit like that so i can't like say that's a j thing that's a new japan thing but
0: no and i think that had more to do with gato just being like oh yeah brother that's right
1: <laughs> oh absolutely that was a gato play for sure but i mean like that's what i mean. the second it started it was a different Jay white and we got that right from the first lockup that it was that it'll hopefully continue to be a different j white and that was that was easily the match of the show like
0: uh But even then it's like we had Sean Spears on the outside doing like cute. Like was it the ratings cards where he would hold it up and everyone's (laughs) waiting for him to do 10. And I'm like, can I just get a match where Jay white like beats commander? But instead I have him feuding with Sean Spears. I'm like, I've heard some people really upset about that who are just like, they are wasting Jay white. It's been a week. It's been two. Uh,
1: it's him... been. He debuted. Yeah, it's been. It's been nine days.
0: <laughs>
1: <Still> <laughs> Sorry, ten. It's been ten
0: of, days. Part of me. No, it's been two weeks because he had the run in and he well, on a Wednesday.
1: Hollow-in. Now it's a Friday. It's been ten fucking days. That's how math works.
0: <laughs> Are you sure it hasn't been? yeah i guess you're right it's been 10 days you can't waste a guy that's wild to think like yeah but like i i see where part of them are coming from but at the same time like imagine if you had him come in and you confuse your fans by doing J white mjf to like exactly start right off. and
1: like yeah we know who jay white is from new japan a big part of this audience only knows him a little bit
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm not going to make a stink about it as much as other people have, but I'm just like for him to
1: be fucking livid. Well,
0: uh, yeah, they're losing it. Um, but like for him to be coming in and feuding with Sean Spears right out of the game Well, he's feuding with Ricky Starks. Yeah, but we're gonna have a jay White Sean Spears match, and I'm like, who? It's the same shit. Like if he went to Connecticut, it'd be the Miz. But here he's got Sean Spears and I'm like, come on. I mean,
1: thankfully I'll take Spears over the miss, but not by much, but a little.
0: Hey, talk to me whenever Spears has a full head of Tarzan here and we can uh, we can talk about something. Fuck,
1: it looks so good. Why wasn't it real?
0: That said, Asshole. Sean Spears, Ricky Starks is like a team. Kind of works. It's Like fun. really well. It does. So I, I I'm not... Hating it, but I I think it's really just going to be Jay White wasting a (laughs) lot of time because I think he's going to be AEW champion sooner rather than Mm -hmm. later. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we get Adam Cole beating him, JF, at like all out, yeah, and then Jay White wins it at full Mm -hmm. gear, like,
1: yeah. So they're really just trying to keep him away from it,
0: right? And then we're going to get the whole bullet club gold, whoever joins that. Versus the elite versus combat club mm-hmm. versus JAS, mm-hmm. like we'll get to the faction stuff, but it, I think people are, are going to be really pissed with how slow Jay White's going to be for a bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, anything else on the show you really want to touch on?
0: Arn Anderson and Wardlow. What the fuck was that match dude <laughs> um I, I don't know I, I don't know what to say about Hobbs I don't know what to say about Wardlow do you believe that Wardlow's a three time champion now that feels wrong I mean so
1: are Sammy and Cody cause they've hot potatoed this title to
0: all hell yeah but it's weird
1: of course it's weird
0: I don't know I was told for, like for months
1: 40s the second time.
0: I was told for months, months that Powerhouse Hobbs was going to be getting a giant push. And they gave him QTV. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, his car got broke. Oh no. I don't know. I I thought it was cool. I mean, I mentioned this. I wanted Wardlow to lose. And then kind of start this thing where he's kind of like Hangman-esque, where he's just <laughs> like, shit, I've lost it. I'm kind of out of it. And then he goes back to MJF with his tail between his legs. I'm like, "I something, something. Besides the fact that it's just like like Hobbs look like a geek. Wardlow, I, I guess he's going to have a new faction with Arn?
1: I think so. With, I think it's uh, the CMFTR Wardong faction. New Pinnacle with a different leader, the other prick.
0: How good would it be if Ricky Starks was the new leader of the Pinnacle? Like you just had Ricky Starks replace MJF.
1: I mean, that'd be dope. But
0: that's a good faction.
1: a great faction.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be Punker though.
1: It's definitely yeah.
0: Oh, That's fine. I mean, I I can't wait for Punk to come back because that is happening. Um anything else on the show you oh uh, the women's match was fine yep um, um
1: women's match was good i don't believe for a second hater is hurt i never thought she was hurt um no that was clearly no. an angle so that she couldn't save brit later So she couldn't
0: run out later yeah, yeah
1: so that was pretty pre-planned and good job to jamie for fooling half of the internet and thinking she actually fucked up her shoulder
0: did people think she was legit
1: 100 yeah i was reading it in a bunch of different places and then i went i was like that I missed something so I went and watched it back and oh, it was the cleanest uh... shoulder shot and kick ever like she's fine and just I guess good enough at her job to fool them but
0: that kills me man but especially yeah. after you do the angle later just, well, it's like... just that
1: the angle gave it away right um, <laughs> yes. I mean the kendo stick shots were dreadful I liked the idea of it since it's building to a mixed tag but <laughs> I mean, you sound that, like that's...
0: that. you sound like that segment from I think you should leave where he's dressed as in all the prosthetics. <laughs> and he's just like, You said it was funny. He's like, I said it was interesting.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like it's gonna lead to probably Jericho Soraya against Colin Baker at the pay-per-view.
0: God!
1: Well, it's they're trying to save Soraya and hater yeah. for Wembley, right? So but oh. Oh. But I mean no. that was at dude, least... if I if,
0: if we have to wait until August. <laughs> oh dude, that'd be the worst.
1: But uh that... yeah. At any rate, I didn't uh outside of the kendo stick shots being weak and the super cringy part where Britt said Austin instead of Adam, <laughs> that made my skin crawl. But beyond that, I actually didn't mind the idea. Handcuffing him, Jericho giving the kendo I thought it would have yeah, been if Jericho whacked her himself, but you can't do that on TV, so it is what it is.
0: You, uh, that would have been amazing. That
1: would have been amazing, but there's no way the sponsors would have gone for it.
0: Ah, uh, you don't know until awesome, you do though. it.
1: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, that's Dynamite. Uh walk me that's through. This is a
0: weird show, dude.
1: Little uh, review of honor here.
0: Yeah, let's do a review of honor. Um, my match of the week was Vikingo and uh why am I blanking? Gringo, Gringo Loco. Loco. Hey, I almost said Luchasaurus, and I was like, that's not even close. <laughs> I've got tired dad brain, dude. Um, ba-ba-ba. Yeah, so was there anything on this match, or uh, anything about that match that made it stand out from the other matches that they've had? Or do you just really enjoy seeing these guys wrestle I just wrestle really enjoy other?
1: seeing these guys wrestle.
0: It works, man. Yeah. It works. Uh, we had the Kingdom defeat action and Dreddy and darius martin i think dude i think the kingdom are awesome like they are are great they're perfect at what they do i was
1: the one guy popping in toronto when they debuted i was the one guy oh shit let's go i love the kingdom
0: (laughs) yeah um they were really good this was like an of all the matches on this show were very short which i thoroughly enjoyed it made it a very easy watch i mean
1: vikingo gringo got some time
0: well, as as later in the show, those matches got more time, but like yeah. looking at the first several matches, like this one was six minutes. Yeah. That's all you need. Uh, Willow defeated Robin Renegade. Fine. Yep. Lance Archer defeated Jossie. I hope we get more Lance Archer and ROH. Oh, like, he, me too. Dude, him challenging Samoa Joe yes. would be so rad. I wouldn't even mind him winning.
1: No, I'd honest. like him to hold the title in Ring of Honor.
0: That'd be cool. Or just see like Claudio throw up Lance Archer <laughs> would be so rad. Like toss him up in the air and then hit him mm-hmm. with a European uppercut. He defeated Jossie. I like Jossie, but you know, nice. less than two minutes. That's yep. what you get. Uh, Brian Cage with Prince Nana defeated Joey Jet. I like Joey Jet here.
1: They gave him a lot in that match. I yeah. Was- I, uh,
0: I, 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 I really enjoyed that match. And I think Ring of Honor Brian Cage is awesome. It's a lot better than NXT 2.0 Brian Cage, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you.
1: And he's sticking around, so
0: um ROH women's title proving ground match. Athena defeated Heather Reckless. Uh nothing here. It was a squash. Yep. Squatch. It was a squash. Uh Beaver Boys defeated Cole Carter and Lee Johnson. Um, I don't know what we're doing with Cole Carter and Lee Johnson.
1: I don't think anything. They ran an angle on Dark where Cole Carter's going to pair up with that uh, the Jersey Shore dude Zach Clayton. Oh sure. So uh, I, think I I don't this, hate it. No, I I dig that. I think that's a fun pairing. So I think this Cole Carter Lee Johnson thing is going to be just disappearing.
0: Uh, Pentagon Junior defeated Nick Camarado. How many like? different gimmicks is camarado gonna have
1: i don't know but i loved how he looked like a scolded puppy at the end of the match with his arm broke going to shake Kenta's hand and like this giant yeah. monster just having his soul absolutely crushed that was that was a nice touch
0: actually you know what i'm gonna say it my match of the week was kanosuke Kinoste- kanosuke versus lee moriarty that
1: was number two on my list that match ruled it was awesome
0: like the entire time I was watching it mm-hmm. and I was just like, I love both these guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why I love that guy. That's why I like him. Yeah. This is my match of the week. Like actually like running through the list yeah. now. I'm yeah. like, this is pretty easy yeah. for me. Um, I'll, I'll
1: still stick with Vikingo Loco, but to catch already Moriarty was my second. But I
0: again, think you're split splitting yeah. hairs because what they did, were really good. That matches. Say, that they both
1: came from ring of honor and not
0: dynamite. I miss like dynamite giving me two Five four-star stars. matches every
1: week yeah, i miss five-star dynamite
0: oh i'd settle for four-star dynamite you kidding me <laughs> um but yeah i think you're splitting hairs between yeah. those oh, two yeah. matches the, it's just a different vibe um the ending i what sets them apart is the ending of Takeshi moriarty mm-hmm. for me where like from the mat he likes deadlift mm-hmm. suplexes him over and then just destroys him destroys his neck and gets the pin. Yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, I what recommend both of those matches. And then we got a weird squash match. Yeah. I thought we were going to head straight into the main event, but we got uh Boulder and Bronson, with like some coked out dude with a gym bag. Yeah, I who is Jameson Ryan?
1: I don't know, but I think Iron Savages are turning into like gym rat Iron rather than like Viking Bear Country Iron because the one I don't with hate like a powerhouse it. gym shirt on and
0: I I don't know I think Bear Country was still a cool name, but I mean I'm like cool with, I'm cool with it.
1: I've trained with these Jameson Ryan people. They're an interesting time. It'll be a fun match. <laughs> they're, they're I was waiting for him to
0: pull out a gimmick and like, I don't know. Anyway, I guess he had the powder or whatever. And then the main event was a weird squash match mm-hmm. where Samoa Joe barely went five minutes with Colt Cabana for the world TV mm-hmm. title. Um, was it just me or did it feel like the crowd was conflicted with Colt Cabana? <laughs> Cause yeah, yeah, I got that vibe. Yep. yeah that part wasn't uh wasn't all that great but yeah i really solid show uh we are officially two months in on ring of honor and i think it's it's the juice is worth the squeeze um i like this a lot
1: yep i am very happy with my honor club subscription so far
0: you want to run us through the rest of the show
1: yeah let's uh let's hammer through this so i'll do uh weekly women's wound up first um now that I have joined the VPN world, TSN hit their last straw yeah. with me. Um, I am rewatching Dynamite from the start, so I'm two episodes in. Um, looking back, Rio and Nyla was kind of awesome. I hadn't watched it since it first aired, and rewatching it, I I dug it. It was dope. Uh, that's that's the thought. Um, Mercedes. Is an interview saying that like she's planning on being in Japan longer, and that the reports of her thing expiring are like bullshit, basically. But it's also wrestling, and you say whatever you say, so time will tell. But she's talking the talk, like she wants to be staying in New Japan stardom for good,
0: good for her. She should.
1: Future, which, if they can afford it, great.
0: I that's, don't think they can.
1: That's the only hiccup. Is it costs I... money.
0: And from every indication we've seen, they're not seeing a huge return on it. So No.
1: No. Um, and then my last thought was just between watching that and, you know, I've been watching a little bit more Stardom recently again. Um, I try and try and just kind of like catch up every few months on it right? Mm-hmm. since it's a touring show similar to how I do New Japan. I mean, on the American side of things, the talent pool is definitely catching up in the ring. I think the two biggest detriments that I'm seeing compared to Stardom One is the crowd period because the ones that go to stardom are going specifically for women's wrestling. So they're going to be more invested. And the other is just, it's just speed. The women in stardom are just faster. They run the ropes faster. Mm -hmm. They move from spot to spot faster. Yes. It's cleaner. Yes. It looks stiffer. a lot of that, but if you solve the speed equation, it can be sloppier and they think the crowd will still get behind it. And that seems to be the biggest variable I'm seeing right now. Compared to like the lower card stardom women and the mid-card American women. It's it's all speed.
0: It's effort. And I'm not saying that like people are dogging it, but it's just like whenever you get so good at something and mm. you can do it really, really fast, mm-hmm. it looks a lot better. Yeah. I mean, shit, look at Britt Baker whenever mm. she first started compared to now.
1: Oh, yeah. She was episode two in a match with uh, B and... Who else was in it? Sakura and Riho and... It's night and day difference, what Brits turned into, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that.
1: No. Um, Rumors and rumbles. Not a ton going on right now. We've got over 50,000 signed up for Wembley presale. Only UK residents right now. The one thing we don't know is there's two different ways they can sign up, so we don't know how many have signed up both ways. But, I mean, there's a pretty good chance that there's going to be 50,000 tickets plus sold right off the hop. Um, The Elite are currently working on contract extensions, um, including Hangman, like the Bucks, Kenny, and Hangman. Um, I believe the Bucks and Hangman have the same agent, and then Kenny has a different one. But in all four cases, it sounds like very big paydays are appropriately coming, Mm -hmm. and it's seeming less and less likely that any of them are planning on jumping ship. I can only imagine the sale and the return of the Mac Daddy helped that, um, but that seems to be happening. And then with our Saturday show launching, we are headed for what's being described as a soft to medium brand split. So the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club kind of being the the main acts for Dynamite and CMFTR, and presumably a second act being the the big headliners for the Saturday shows no clue how champs like someone like mjf play into that because you can't have your world champion only on one show they got to run double duty what happens when that's punk or kenny what happens when it's the bucks or ft well it is ftr right now and they'll probably still hold it by then so those are some questions to be answered but we are headed for some form of a brand split between dynamite and saturday and i don't know if rampage still exists then i have no idea oh it will so Dynamite Rampage would probably be one roster and Saturday would be the other, I guess.
0: I don't know. Right, we'll find I out. I have no idea how this goes, but yeah, yeah. it's based from the way that I've understood it. It's not going to be, I think a lot of people are expecting the WWE thing where it's just yeah. like, there's a raw roster and a SmackDown roster. Yeah. I think it's basically the leader on Dynamite Yeah. along with everyone who doesn't want to work with Punk. Yeah. And then Saturday is Punk, FTR, and people who don't mind working with Punk.
1: And then Um, the the rest just kind of filter in. Like, if you've got a story, you'll do that whole story on Dynamite. Then maybe mm -hmm. you do a story on the Saturday show if you don't mind either camp. Like, the ones that are kind of in the middle.
0: Well, and it's kind of leaking today that they're going to be running uh, United Arena for the Saturday show.
1: debut that Saturday show yeah
0: well i think it's the what is it they're doing a chicago show on the 21st that yeah they are they're doing
1: a dynamite the 21st right before forbidden so they're doing
0: yeah it's dc chicago and then chicago yeah which will be interesting um but yeah i honestly i'm not expecting too much out of this man i think the first couple episodes of collision or whatever it's going to be called is going to be can't miss, but then just like rampage, it's going to be just another thing.
1: We'll see. I mean, it's time for Phil to put his money where his mouth is and prove it. Cause that's, that's
0: um hot. the interesting date for all of this for me is May 5th. That's when tickets for all in go on sale. Mm-hmm. So I've got that date circled. Um, I think that's the show. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's, let's call it there. Until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. And this was the Bingo Hall Boys Podcast. Thanks, guys.